Monday, and we are back for another week, baby. Another week of Crimson Tide football conversation on the hottest show on the streets, the number one forum for Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Excited to have each and every last one of you tuning in to the show on this evening as I am fresh off my trip to Knoxville, Tennessee, watching the Crimson Tide get a 48-17 win over the balls, improving to 5-0 and on the year. Nick Saban beating another one of his former assistants this time taking down one Jeremy Pruitt. The show is brought to you by WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. That's WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and get you your four-finger bling necklace showing that support for head coach Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide in that fourth-quarter tradition, seeing how Alabama does on the fourth quarter. So go ahead right now. Go copy you that four-finger bling necklace, courtesy of we own thefourthquarter.com. But we got a lot to get into. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to discuss here on this show as we're bringing this to you from Tuscaloosa, streaming this through YouTube. Speaking of a channel, go ahead right now, give a thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best in news, notes, alerts, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. Not only are we bringing this to you through YouTube, but to all my Facebook people out there, we're streaming to Facebook. To all my Twitter people out there, we're streaming to Twitter as well. So we got you covered here from all angles, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter. We got you prepared. So uh, it's going to be an awesome show. As always, it's great to have my man, John Ivory, the man, the myth, the legend, the maestro in the production studio for another week. And later on in the show... We're going to be able to talk to my good man, Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, as the toast of the 2021 class has given his yes to Alabama, that being Jaquincy Kool-Aid McKinstry is a part of the Crimson Tide for 2021. We'll have Justin on the talk about that. And we want you guys being a part of the show. That's right. This is your show, your time, your network right here. 205-448-1358. Then I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard here on the show. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. We want your calls, your tweets, your chats. Your super chats. We want all of your energy today. Do not let this day go by without getting your viewpoint across here on the show. But we start off this first topic of conversation. It's always, is it me or is it always the games against Ole Miss and Tennessee where a very prominent, special, talented, big play guy for Alabama gets hurt. I mean, is it me or is it always Ole Miss and Tennessee where these injuries happen for Alabama to very prominent players? And 2014, we all remember Kenyon Drake at running back against the Rebel, against uh, uh, against Ole Miss in Oxford, had the uh, the ankle, the, uh, the leg injury. And uh, I just remember hearing just the most horrifying 
mortifying scream, shrill, cry. And I'm like, what in the world is that coming from? And I look down and I'm like, oh my goodness, please do not let that be Kenyon Drake. And it was Kenyon Drake and he gets carted off the field. It happened right in front of me. I, I, I get images of my mind of this. I hated it when that happened. And then, of course, a year later against Ole Miss, uh, Robert Foster, who was having a good year at wide receiver, tears his rotator cuff week three against Ole Miss, and he was out for the rest of the year. And then Tennessee, of course, you know, Jalen Hurts had an ankle injury, had to have the tightrope procedure done. Tua Tagovailoa last year against Tennessee, ankle injury, had to have the tightrope procedure done. And over the weekend, on the first play of the game, on the ensuing opening kickoff, Jalen Waddell takes the ball, proceeds to go 15 yards down the field, and all of a sudden, his right ankle gets caught in between the ground and a Tennessee defender, a lot of force, torque, friction placed on the ankle. You could just tell thrive, throbbing, riding in pain, pounding the ground in agony. He has to hobble off the field. He hobbles to a cart to where he's carted off to, to the locker room for x-rays. He's going to the ambulance. It, it was just horrible. Horrible to see that happen there for Jalen Waddle, especially to a young man that was having an unbelievable season to that point. I mean, Waddle, 25 catches, 557 yards receiving, four touchdowns, was averaging 111.4 yards per game, had four 100-yard performances this season, including 161 yards and the win over Georgia. I mean, Waddle was having a beast of a year, and then, you know, that happens, and you can just tell the players that are the fan favorites because when a player that's a fan favorite gets hurt, it messes with you as a fan. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You can't function properly. It's, oh, no. Anybody but him like, take my leg, Waddle. I can hop around the rest of my life. Take my leg, Eddie Jackson. Take my hip, Tua. Take... Take my body parts, man. I don't need them. Y'all need them. I mean, uh, of course, you as fans, y'all love and respect and cherish every player. But when it's those star guys that win your heart over and they get hurt or something tra or something bad, negative happens to them, it just messes with you. It bothers you. It hurts you because... You grow so close to that player. You grow so fond to, to that individual. And Nick Saban, very hurt, very saddened, you know, after the game, talking about Waddle, um, <clears throat> the final verdict of the injury was it is a highly sprained right ankle with a fracture in there. He will require surgery. He will miss the remainder of the season. He had the surgery on, on Saturday, the night of the game, or the morning, that Sunday morning, he had the surgery. Thankfully, it went well. It was a success. The prognosis from the surgery was very good. Uh, according to Saban, Waddle will, will have a six- to eight-week process to kind of heal a little bit before he gets to start that heavy, heavy rehab. But the young man's a fighter. He will do all that he can to work his way back, to, to bounce back, and, and recover from this. But 
you uh, you don't replace a Jalen Waddle. You can't replace a Jalen Waddle, especially with everything he does on the field. Offensively, he puts so much frustration, stress, fear upon defensive coordinators and defensive players. You have to really strategize for him and keep in mind of where he is on the field at every given time, at any given time. The reason why Devontae Smith is as dominant as he is, and he's dominant, but what, what, the reason why he's even more dominant is because people ha are afraid, these defensive minds are afraid of 17, of Jalen Waddle. The reason why we're seeing this rise of John Mechie is opposing defenses afraid of Jalen Waddle. The reason why we're seeing even the likes of Miller Forrestall get more so acclimated into the offense as a pass-catching tight end is because these teams are afraid of Jalen Waddle. And not just on offense, on special teams. You've got the kickers, you've got the punters. They're thinking, well, do I kick right at him? Do I kick end over end? Do I kick the ball out of bounds? I can kick it right to him. And then you have the gunners going, do I run right at Jalen? Because if I run right at him and he sidesteps me or he jumps back or he spins around me, there's a big play to be made there on special teams. So you, you cannot replace a talent that is Waddle. You can't replace the individual that he is. All that Alabama can do is hope that the guys that have to emerge, that have to be called on the step up, do enough to cushion the blow. So in the absence of Waddle, the first guy that's immediately – Next in line here would be Slade Bolden. Uh, Slade Bolden, the young man from West Monroe High School in Louisiana, a guy that was the Gatorade Player of the Year from the state of Louisiana in 2017. He's played on both sides of the football, played multiple positions, a very versatile young man. And uh, two weeks ago, Steve Sarkeesian was prepared to coach Alabama against Georgia in that matchup. Now, of course, he never wanted his his opportunity to come at the expense of Coach of Coach Saban's health. Nobody wants to have their opportunities come at the expense of somebody else. But you can't really control where your opportunities come. You have to take them as they arrive, as they come. And for Sark, he was ready to coach that matchup against Georgia. Now, fortunately, Coach Saban had three consecutive negative PCR tests for the COVID virus, and he ended up with a first positive test, ended up being a false positive, and Coach Saban was able to coach the game, but it was good to see, you know, Sark out there on standby, ready to go, and it's the same thing here with Bolden. I mean, he did not want his big opportunity coming at the expense of somebody with the caliber and the talent of Jalen Waddle, but his number was called, he had to step up, and he played well in the game. I mean, six catches for 94 yards. He averaged 15.7 yards per catch, had a long reception of 30 yards. Four of his six catches resulted in first downs. Uh, all four of his catches were capped off in drives that finished with rushing scores, either by Brian Robinson Jr. or Najee Harris. And, you know, he has that same type of chemistry with Mac Jones that Devontae Smith and John Mechie and Jalen Waddle have, you know, with the quarterback. And 
of despite him having two unfortunate situations, unfortunate issues there in the game where he had the fumble and he dropped the touchdown pass from Bryce Young. Of course, that pass came in hot there from Bryce, but Slade Bowden knows if I get my hands on it, I got to catch it. But regardless of those two issues, those two mistakes there, uh, overall, Bolden played well. Bolden showed the fans that he can run this, that he can run this job, that he can play in the slot, that he can operate at that position. He came in the same signing class with Waddle in 2018. So, you know, Bolden played well. And uh, this also means that the role of John Mechie increases. Mechie's having you know, a big time season, but with Waddle down, he has to now be the number two guy behind Devontae Smith. Mechie in the game, seven catches for 151 yards against Tennessee, had two catches of 45 yards, averaged 21.6 yards per reception. He was snatching balls out of the air in double coverage, really bringing that swagger to the number eight that was once worn by one Julio Jones. So, you know, Mechie playing well, and his role will increase. But the question that a lot of you guys have as fans is, is this a moment where we could see a freshman or two step up and emerge? And you very well can see this. Nick Saban talked about it after the game. We got to get our young guys, our freshmen, to grow and mature quickly because they're going to they're gonna have some opportunities to get on the field now. And uh, one of the dangers of having a conference-only schedule is while we wanted more competitive games, we wanted more fun matchups. We wanted more marquee matchups. We didn't want any of these cupcake games. The uh, The dangers of having the schedule is it's the cupcake games that get the freshmen on the field, get them the opportunities to, to go out there and show what they can do, show their stuff out there. But with not having these cupcake games, the freshmen have not gotten the chance to get on the field because the competition has been so tough. So this week... And moving on the remainder of the year, the freshmen have got to be wired in now. And uh, Alabama's got three guys to choose from. Javon Baker, Thayu Jones-Bell, and Trayshawn Holden. All three have big-time talent. If I had to put, you know, uh, my finger on one, it would be Javon Baker. He came in highly touted, highly recruited from McEachern High School in Powder Springs, Georgia. He, uh, he came in. Did a lot of great things in the involuntary workout program. Did had a phenomenal fall camp. Coach Saban talked about it. The young man has a big-time catching radius, strong hands, good speed, pretty solid route runner. So my guy would be Javon Baker. But you got Baker, you got Holden, and you got Thayu Jones-Bell to choose from there. And there's even the situation where could we see Xavier Williams, the redshirt sophomore out of Florida, Finally break through, finally rise, finally, you know, take an opportunity for himself at 6'1", you know, 190 pounds. He came in for 2018 class with Bolden and Waddle. And when you bring up uh, Williams to, to, to players, they kind of say that he is, is a stronger version of our Darius Stewart. And maybe Alabama can use some of that. So, uh, Jalen Waddle, you can't replace this young man. Very valuable wide receiver, very explosive playmaker. 
But Alabama has got to find some guys to cushion the blow and move forward. Slade Bolden, the first guy off the chopping block here. John Mechie, his role will increase. And we can possibly see a couple of freshmen, at least one, rise from this group to help out the Crimson Tide. We take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. We're just getting started. Upon our return, we go to your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your chats, your texts, your super chats. We'll discuss everything right after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes, making memories from scratch. All right, guys, we are back from the break here on a Monday. Starting your work week off correctly here on the hottest show on the streets, the number one form for Crimson Tide football news in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciating everybody for tuning into the show on today. And before we go to the call line right now, this call segment brought to you as always by the Blue Wrench Gang. Blue Wrench Gang bringing us our call segments every single time. We got a couple of super chats to get to right now. And we start things off with Will. Willie 351. Willie 351 bringing in that 777 via the Super Chats. Appreciate that love there from Willie 351. And Spencer Revely dropping in that $5 via the Super Chats, helping us out there on TDA. So thanks to Willie 351 and Spencer Revely. But we're on you now, Todd Nation. 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. We take a call right now. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Yeah, Smith, what's happening, boys? It's your boy, Carl K. from the A. What's going on, man? Not much, bro. Just chilling. Hey, I got to tell you, though, you are swagged out tonight. I'm digging the green. You're looking clean, and I got to give you props. Man, I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know why, but people keep telling me I look good in green and blue plaid shirts, so they must not be lying to me. No, nah, they ain't lying, bro. You all swagged out, and I'm digging it, dude. You're looking good. You're looking fresh. And uh, I got I to gotta tell you something, man. What's going on? All right, so, man, that Jalen Waddle injury, man, that, I've been hurt. I've been hurt all week. I've been 
my heart hurts. You know, even even we even with that win against Tennessee, you know, I know we won, we got that W, but it it just felt weird to me. And after that, you know, I've been analyzing this team moving forward, right, and thinking about is this going to hurt our chances for a national title? Well, right after now, thinking, yeah, yeah. Go on, Steve. Well, well, well right now the. It's a bittersweet win, absolutely, because you win the game, but you lose one of the more, one of the most dynamic or the most dynamic player in college football with Waddle. And Nick Saban talked about it. We cannot replace this guy. It's like if you were to lose Allen Iverson, you can't replace Allen Iverson. The one thing you can do is just hope that the guys called upon to step up can cushion the blow a little bit. So it. it in, in this situation, this falls on Sark to now if you're Sarkeesian, you got to create more explosive plays with other guys, whether it's John Medchie, whether it's Slade Bolden, or if a freshman steps up, Javon Baker, you got to find some way to create explosive plays with other guys. So that's what's on the mind of Sark right now. Yeah, and let me tell you something about that. So after analyzing this team moving forward, you know, he talked about it, the defense, you know, it's changing. You know, we're not going to be able to be as dominant as today as we were, you know, a few years ago, right? So with this offense being able to outmatch everybody in front of us, you know, besides a couple teams that can go neck, neck with us like Clemson, Ohio State, this defense has got to step up. Because before when our defense was not being as impressive and we he could bail us out in a lot of situations, especially in the back end of the, of the season. When we've got Clemson coming up, probably, and you know, because I'm, I'm still, I'm still rolling my tide like always to go to the national championship. So, Jalen was a game changer, and if we had our offense to match up against Clemson's offense with our with our defense, if they were impressive or, or good to the point, there's a chance we could. So, my concern moving forward. You break it up, man. Be reliable and that, hear me. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, I can hear I can hear you now. Now I can hear you. Okay. My bad. My bad. My my concerns moving forward is getting uh, Javon Baker, you know, Bolden, getting them just reliable, and then our defense has got to step up, Steve. Our defense has got to step up and be reliable for us and moving forward. I saw some improvements, but there's times where my blood pressure goes up. And my, my grandma, she, she's getting geeked up, Steve. And I'm going to have to hear about it all night, all day. Because she's, she's complaining about Pete Golden. But I have faith. And, and I got a few more information for you. Javon Baker, he's a dog, bro. He is a dog. He is not friendly. And that's good. We, that's what we need. And Bolden, I think he can get it done. But I'm still hurting. I'm still hurting for Waddle. And uh, I just wanted to say that to you. And I just wanted to see what you think about that. Well, absolutely. I, I know the defense has got to get better. They're making improvements. But got to continue to really get better in the secondary, especially at the safety spot. I think Javon Baker is a dog. It's going to be fun to watch him emerge and take a spot at wide receiver. 
And I think Slade Boulder can do this. I mean, this guy was not the Gatorade player of the year for 2017 out of Louisiana for nothing. I think Slade's highly capable. But, man, we appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. Hey, hey, for real, Steve. Hey, I appreciate you, man. And I just want to give a shout-out to everybody on the show. Uh, let's keep going with the tide. Let's keep supporting our, our troops out there on the field. And let's get that W next week, all right? Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. We take another call right now. You are live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Good evening, Stephen. It's uh, Kevin from uh, Dallas, Georgia. I just had uh, three quick comments. And, you know, one was in reference to I think we need to put all the eggs in one basket, as in the law firm of Baker Bell and Holden. And I think as far as exclusively keeping Bolden at punt returner and Trey Sanders at kick returner. Because I have to be honest with you, I've never been a proponent of the – I can understand as far as maybe some of your defensive backs or some of your skilled players playing on special teams, but as far as the punt return and kick return apart, I have to be honest with you, I can't, I can't be a Monday morning quarter, I mean Monday evening quarterback about it as in because of what transpired on Saturday, but I've never been a proponent of that because I still have visions of Eddie Jackson getting hurt against uh, Tennessee uh, a couple of years ago, and I feel that that cost us a, that second national championship versus uh, Clemson. Also in reference to uh, Pete Golden, for all your listeners out there that's talking about getting rid of Pete Golden, it's only one way that you can get rid of Pete Golden. If your listeners can recruit Louisiana the way that he do, then okay, you can get rid of him. But no one can recruit Louisiana like Pete Golden. How do you feel about that, Steve? Pete Golden can recruit Louisiana. Now, they're – the defense has been making improvements. They've been getting better. They've been getting better. I would like to see more consistency in a couple of spots, but it's been getting better. And then going back to your thoughts on receiver, I like Baker. I like Holden. I got a chance to see Thayu Jones-Bell in person. He's pretty good himself. So we will see which freshman takes the biggest jump. But, man, Kevin, we appreciate the call, man. Uh, Parker Steven, could I ask you to ask one question to Justin, and that is, I, I think the magic number as far as recruiting is two, and I just want to see whether there's still two as far as two uh, recruiting spots available as far as for the 2021 class. And along those lines, if that is the case, is it a possibility that some of the young men, unfortunately, are going to be treated by screws coming in December or January and going to be asked as far as to, to move on? We, we, we will definitely get Justin that question, man, but thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. We take another call right now. You are live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's going on, Steven? How you doing, bro? Doing fantastic, Sean. What's going on with you? Nothing much, man. Just had a quick little comment, man. As far as the defense, I think they're improving. But at the same time, man, we, we I've never seen a Nick Saban defense, and I put this in the chat a while ago. I've never seen a Nick Saban defense since 2007 play zone that much. And you know what that means when you play zone a lot. That means the staff is aware that we can't put any pressure on the quarterback. Now, I hadn't checked the stats, so don't quote me on this, but I guess you can. But I would be willing to bet, and I'm not a betting man, that our sacks, as far as our defense accumulating sacks, I'd be willing to bet we're probably in the bottom half of the SEC considering we played that much zone. That's just me guessing because you never play that much zone, man, unless you are aware we cannot sack the quarterback. So I'm hoping we get better on defense, man. I was really upset we making Jared Guantanamo Bay look like Peyton Manning out there. I don't know why we keep playing zone because our safeties are not zone safeties. They're getting caught flat-footed and the ball going right over their head. 
So maybe we'll be better this week. We got to because Mississippi State throw the ball all day and every day. And I definitely agree with the last caller about I feel real, real, real skeptical about I, I hate to say that, man, but I, I hate putting starting receivers on kickoff return with all those athletes we have. I, w- I wish I would like to see B-Rob back there, B-Rob and maybe Slade or whoever else they got back there. I, 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 I think about that Eddie Jackson thing all day too, man. Just want to get your view on that. And, oh, my daughter wanted to say something to you, bro. Roll tie, Steven. <laughs> Nine I got – hey, okay. <laughs> Just wanted to get your point of view and see what you thought about that. Okay, okay. So, starting off right here with the defense, absolutely got to get pressure to the quarterback. And I, and I feel like Byron Young, when Byron Young enters the game, he's got an energy to him. I want to see more of him out there. Christian Barmore is getting a bit better here. I want to see more consistency from DJ Dale because he has some moments where he's pressuring the pocket and he has some moments where people are pushing him backwards. So, I want more consistency from Dale. More consistency from Dale. Uh, I want to see more of Jameel Burroughs and Tim Smith out there because those two young guys are dogs. So, got to get more pressure from the defensive front. But in the secondary, Jordan Battle and Daniel Wright, they have got to get more consistent with the coverage, with their speed, with their eye discipline because the consistency there, they're not always disciplined in those aspects. So, definitely got to improve in those areas. And like you mentioned, I myself, I think about Eddie Jackson a lot. If he doesn't get hurt against Texas A&M, that is another yep. national championship. But it happened. I mean, I know Coach Saban wants to put his best guys on the field. But like I mentioned, right. when you have when you have players that become fan favorites and they get hurt, those fans it messes with them because you grow attached to those players. Absolutely, right. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you taking my call. And as always, we will continue to support. Absolutely. Appreciate the love there from Sean. Come out of Huntsville there on, on the on the show right now. We take another call. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just fine. Hey, hey, Steve. Hey, um, this is Kevin from Houston. So here's my uh, question. I just want to get some updates on something. What is, what's going on? Uh, I, I mean, I want to say this about Alabama. I know Dylan Moses is the key to that defense, and I noticed he's improving. I saw a tackle he made in space. I guess what my worry is is I want to know what's going on with Brian Ray. It feels like every week he's continuing to get pushed out. I also wanted to know, um, I haven't heard anything this season, and maybe just because I'm not in Tuscaloosa right now, is the with Keelan Robinson this season. He's explosive, and the Braswell kid, and then – if you can ask me what's going on, Chris Braswell. And then when it comes to Jalen, I read that it's six to eight weeks. I'm trying to do a timeline on this, and I think all Bama fans cross their fingers when it comes to Waddle. Is there just no opportunity at all for a playoff return, do they say, with the, say, six weeks? Because he seems like somebody that can, you know, get it on. You know, he'll push fast in his recovery. I, I just don't know more about that injury. So if you can touch on those subjects, I just remember, like I said, the juice from Robinson and Ray on that D line is really it's it's missed because I feel like Ray holds it, and then that's when you know Moses can get after the quarterback. Then you can have Will Anderson can get after the quarterback. I just miss that uh, stability with Ray on that line. Your take on that, man? Well, for LeBron Ray, 
he's been banged up, and he, he's battled injuries throughout his entire career. He did not play against Georgia because of an elbow. He was questionable for Tennessee because of the same elbow. Uh, Saban talked about Ray today. Uh, they're going to they're try to see if he can give it a go this week against State, and I hate it for him because he is a very prominent player. He's just having an issue with staying healthy. So that's you know, Brian Ray. Hopefully he can be healthy this week for Mississippi State. When you look at Keegan Robinson, he opted out. He opted out of this season due to the COVID situation. Um, and uh, he opted out due to COVID. He's back home in Washington, D.C. Now, the crazy thing is, according to the NCAA, this season does not count against the eligibility of players. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. This season does not hit against your eligibility. So, King and Robinson can definitely come back next season and still be looked at you know, as a sophomore. So, that's uh, that's him right there. Uh, when I look at um, when I look at the uh, the, the next question, what, what was your next thought there that, that you had to offer that you were talking about? I mean, the two other things was a follow-up. I mean, where's Chris Braswell, highly okay. recruited, and okay. then Jalen Waddle time frame. Okay, so Chris, so Chris Braswell – Chris Braswell, the team really likes him. The coaching staff really likes him. They're trying to develop him a little bit more. They're trying to add some weight on him because he came in. Uh, he came in not having the weight that he needs and the strength that he needs. So they're trying to add some weight on to Braswell. And then, of course, for the Waddle timeline, Saban said six to eight weeks. I don't see him returning for the playoff if he was able to do that. That would be incredible. But I feel like right now they're just trying to get him healed up from the surgery and then try to see how quickly can he start the rehab. But we'll see what happens. But we appreciate the call, man. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely, absolutely. For everybody that's trying to call in, uh, definitely call back in that second call segment. We will get to your calls. Hang on. We will get to your calls in the second call segment. We appreciate you guys lighting us up today on a Monday. So we will get to your calls in the second call segment. We got a couple more super chats to shout out here before we go to our topic. In our first quick, in our next uh, break here. How about Jimmy Clay? Jimmy Clay throwing in that $10. There for the Super Chats, helping us out there at TDA. And Roll Tide and Rise Up throwing in that $10 on his end. So appreciate the love from Jimmy Clay and Roll Tide and Rise Up. But a little bit of a quick topic here. Congratulations to Mac Jones earning his third uh, earning his third SEC Offensive Player of the Week honor for the season. The first time he got the honor was against Texas A&M. Then he got it again against Georgia. So this will be the third time he's recognized as SEC Offensive Player of the Week after completing 25 for 31 passes for 387 yards in the 48-17 win over Tennessee. Also, the Crimson Tide's coaching staff recognized six players of the week, those six guys offensively, Landon Dickerson and Mac Jones on defense, Malachi Moore and Christian Harris, and on special teams, Will Reichard and 
Andrew Sanders. So kudos to those six young men for being recognized as players of the week from the Alabama coaching staff. We take a break right now on the show, but upon our return, we sit down with Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, to talk about the latest member of the Alabama 2021 class, one Jaquincy Kool-Aid McKinstry, right after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Owned a Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownedafourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownedafourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownedafourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, Bama Nation, let me hear you, let me hear you. We are back in from the break here on the hottest show on the streets, the number one forum for Crimson Tide football news in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate my man John Ivory, one of the day ones right here. John Ivory doing his thing in the production studio, and we appreciate you guys tuning into the show on this evening. But uh, for right now, we're going to go to the end of my own words hotline where we, where we uh, pick up the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, one Justin Smith to talk about this 2021 class and its latest commitment, Jaquincy Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Pinson Valley High School just outside of the Birmingham area. Justin, what's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling really good, Steven. Feeling, you're feeling good. I'm feeling outstanding right now. So, Justin, this was the toast of the class right here. Jaquincy McKinstry, five-star, Pinson Valley High School. Everybody's been wondering where was he going to go? What was he going to do? He was keeping people in suspense for the longest of time. But you were at his commitment ceremony on Sunday as he chose Alabama over Georgia and uh, – not Georgia, over Auburn, excuse me, and LSU. Justin, how huge was this commitment for Alabama in getting Kool-Aid to the tie? I think this was massive because, like I've told, told you so many times, I feel, I feel McKinstry is one of the more pure athletes come out of the state in quite some time. This is a guy who could easily play wide receiver at the next level. He has some natural route running skills, some great, a great pair of hands, and I think that translates to the defensive side of the football, which is where the Tide will most likely use him at the next level. When he committed to the Tide and we did an interview with the media and I was there, he told me that the Tide's coaching staff wants to play him all over the secondary. And I think his experience on the offensive side of the football as a wide receiver really helps him on the defensive side of the football because he has some great 
ball skills. He knows he knows where to be to intercept intercept passes. He does a great job of dissecting routes and jumping routes. So he's a, he's a great player that can develop into a great defensive back at the next level. I know a lot of talk has been around him possibly playing cornerback at the next level, but I think he may may translate to a safety. We saw Malachi Moore do that during his high school career here at Russell High School. So I think this is a massive pickup for the Crimson Tide on the football field as well as the basketball court because this is a kid who has the opportunity to play both sports. So when you talk about Justin, this is the most pure athlete you have seen in quite some time coming from this day. What makes him that way to you? When you watch him, when you study him, what has you coming away with, okay, I've seen some great athletes, but I haven't seen anything quite like McKinstry. What puts you in that mind frame? I think I think it is how effortlessly, effortlessly he does things. That vert, that nice vertical that he has, that nice vertical uses to go up and get those 50-50 balls. He uses that vertical on the basketball court as well to throw down some impressive dunks on the hardwood as well. So I think his nice vertical and how effortlessly he he plays the game and the confidence that he plays with, I think that is something that really really jumps out to me about his game. That, that's why I feel he's one of the more pure athletes. It's just something that's you can tell that it's something that's naturally within him. Of course, he wants to work hard and try to improve. But some guys just have that it factor, and I think Quincy is one of those guys. If you're just tuning into the show, ladies and gentlemen, we got the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, one Justin Smith on the line right now talking to Quincy McKinstry, the latest commitment to the Crimson Tide for 2021. Justin, one of the things that McKinstry mentioned to you guys in his uh, commence in his commitment video, in his commitment you no know, ceremony there at uh, Pinson Valley High School was he talked about how the coaching staff at Alabama has kept it real with him from day one. He spoke on, I want to go to a program that's going to develop me, that's going to put me in the right mindset or in the right you know, mind frame to go out there to be dominant on the field in college and put me to the NFL. So what was it about you know, Coach Saban? What was it about Alabama that really gave McKinstry that knowing that if I'm coming here, I know I'm getting the best coaching because other programs will tell these athletes, if you go to Alabama, you're not going to get the best coaching. They're going to put you on the bench. They're going to sit you. They're going to not play you right away. But what gave McKinstry uh, that knowing that I'm coming to Alabama, I'm getting the best development? Well, I think half of the battle was already done because when McKinstry announced his commitment, he said that Alabama was his dream school. He said he never really told anyone that, that Alabama was his dream school. So I think that played a large role in that. But I also think the way Nick Saban and the top coaching staff keeping it real played a large role in it also because you had you had them telling him what their plan was for him throughout his recruiting cycle. Whenever I got a chance to talk with McKinstry, he constantly told me that they always make me feel like I priority. They always tell me that they really want me. They have been telling him that for the last four years. And when you look at his recruitment and the connections that he has with the Alabama football team, you could tell that multiple guys who attended the University of Alabama in the past, guys who are currently attending, have been telling him that same thing. You have guys like Quentin Williams who actually worked out 
with McKinstry doing last summer. I'm pretty sure Williams told McKinstry about the Crimson Tide and told him about his experience. You have current Alabama commits who are in constant contact with McKinstry. You have Ian Jackson, guys like Ian Jackson, Tim King in the third, and of course you have Malachi Moore, who is currently one of the starting defensive backs for the Crimson Tide as well. All of those guys constantly stating what Alabama has done for them, what they think Alabama will do for them in the future, and what Alabama has done for them in the past as well. So I think that played a large role as well. So I think McKinstry totally trusts the University of Alabama because of the different people that he has been talking to. And I think also him saying that the Crimson Tide and Alabama is his dream school also played a large role as well. So, Justin, what's the magic number that Alabama looks to finish this class off with? How many guys is it looking to try to get to finish the class off? What's the, mag- what's the magic number for this class right now? Well, I think when you think about the magic number, I think you have to keep in mind that Caden Clark, the 2020 tight end, is actually a part of the 2021 recruiting class with them taking that green shirt for the top. Green shirt is for the top technically has 23 verbal commits, but 22 guys who are technically in the 2021 recruiting class. I've, I've always thought it was 25 at first, but those numbers can be manipulated. You have to think, you have to think about possible transfers. You have um, Ishmael Sopcher, who has entered his name in the transfer portal recently, so that, that impacts the number. That impacts the number of guys the Tide can bring in in future recruiting classes. So I think the numbers can't be manipulated by one or two guys. So I'm thinking 25 at the moment, so that means three more guys. I'm 26 if you count um, Caden Clark's Clark, um, being part of the Tide 2021 recruiting class. So I'm thinking um, 25, three more guys possibly, four if they can make, that, make, 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 make another guy squeeze in. I think the more important question is who will be the next guy to have so many other prospects on the board. We have Thomas Yadiliad, four-star defensive end out of Texas, Shemar Turner, another defensive end, along with JT Tuomawala. You have a four-star wide receiver, Brian Thomas Jr. out of Louisiana. You have a defensive back in Sheridan Arnold, a four-star defensive back out of Tallahassee, Florida, along with the guy who he really wants to play with at the next level in Xavier Story, a four-star athlete who I feel the tide is in a great position to land. He always says that his relationship with the tide Coaching staff's one of the best relationships they've had with any coaching staff out there. So I think the biggest question is, who will the Tide take? Because they may have to make some difficult decisions moving forward. I always felt that Quincy was going to have a spot no matter what. I think you have to pay attention to Arnold and Sori in, in the coming weeks because Sori has announced that he wants to make a commitment soon. Arnold is set to release his top five on December 1st. He originally told me that he possibly wants to make his commitment on the traditional signing day, which is going to be in February. I think it's going to be quite interesting to see if the Crimson Tide waits on him to make that commitment or if they um, tell him that, yo, we have a spot for you, but we need you to commit early. So I think those are some of the recruiting storylines to just pay attention to. Justin Smith putting the magic number at 25 for Alabama in this 2021 class. Three more guys, or maybe three to four more guys to get, depending on how Nick Saban and the program choose to manipulate those numbers. But he is the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, going state to state, coast to coast, city to city, county to county, recruiting, scouting these tremendous young men, these athletes here for TDA. Justin, we appreciate you coming on, man. Man, be safe, be good. You are the man, the best in the business, man. You take care. Thank you so much, Stephen.
Got to appreciate Justin, man. He was right there, Johnny on the spot, live on the scene, getting the commitment uh, video, the commitment ceremony there from one Jaquincy McKinstry, who is now the latest commitment here for the Crimson Tide for 2021. But we take another break right now on the show. I'll put our return. We get back to your phone calls, your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your texts, your ideas. We get back to you, the fans, right after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. Town Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. And we are back into the action here, folks, on the number one forum for Crimson Tide football news in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Be sure right now, give a thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn on all of those notifications so that way you can have the best in news notes. Uh, coverage and entertainment on your Crimson Tide. But we get back to you, Tide Nation. The call segment is brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, the amazing family that is the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205 205- 448-1358, but I have to acknowledge one first, Senator Hines for donating that $10 via the Super Chats. Appreciate that, Senator Hines, that $10 donation there, the pimp of the Blue Wrench Gang, Senator Hines, that $10 in the Super Chats right there. But we take a call right now. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Doing fantastic, man. How you feeling? Hey, this is Uncle Charles, bro. Uncle Charles, man, my boy back. What's going on with you? Man, how you doing, man? Everything all right? Everything's good, man. It's good. I mean, Alabama beat Alabama beat Tennessee was a very bittersweet win because you lose Jalen Waddle in the win, but Coach Saban talked about it. We gotta find some guys that can cushion that blow a little bit. Well, you know what? I wanna say this to uh Jalen uh Jalen Waddle. I wanna say, young man. It ain't what you do before the injury. It's what you do after the injury. Get better and get back. And I wish you the best, young man. Let me just say this. I only have two complaints with Alabama. They need to tighten up on that uh, run defense. And for them playing, playing zone, like the caller said, they won't turn their head around. But they're playing zone probably because they have a problem in the past game. Well, I got an I got a, a answer for that. You blitz all night long. Until they can't see no more. Got to take care of that zone, Reed. 
Let me tell you something. I want to say this to Nick Saban. I want to say this to Nick Saban. Make this quick. If Nick Saban ever come to my door and he want to recruit my son, I'm not going to wait till he come in. I'm going to say, come on in, coach. Now, I got some neck bones and some cornbread and some black-eyed peas on the stove and a fifth of hen in the cabinet for special occasion, and we ain't got to do the electric slide. Coach say he had a, a scale with the coach. What was he doing? He was in his office working. He never stopped working. We're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine because he never stopped working. And then I hear somebody say, well, Nick Saban can be very arrogant. You get paid 14 to $19 million a year, and your face on the cover of Forbes, you'll be arrogant too. So I want the team to understand, hey, focus, focus, focus. We lost the Warriors, but we're going to be fine for it. And that's all I got to say. Appreciate that, Uncle Charles. Uncle Charles, man, you take it easy, man. Love the call, love the energy. I got to get up with you for them, for them neck bones, them black eyed peas, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate that, Uncle Charles, right there. We take our next call in the queue. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, this is Robert from Mobile again. Hey, Robert, what's happening? Hey, uh, yeah, like everybody's been saying, they're getting a loss of uh, Jalen Waddle is. I don't think we're going to really know this full feel the full impact of the loss until we're in the SEC championship game, and then uh, maybe against a Georgia team whose quarterback might be playing better at the time, or in the playoffs when we're going up against a team like Ohio State or Clemson, and we'll and we'll need that fourth that third person to really stretch the defense, uh, the, uh, the opposing team's defense. That's when I think they you know the really missing him will will come uh, as much as you know rather than we just enjoy watching him play. Like Nick Saban said, that was the main thing. Watching him play was just the, the really thrilling part of, of him being there. And but it's you know like Nick Saban keeps saying this: next man up, opportunity for the next man up. So and it's not, and the bad thing is again, I mean we know he's a first round talent, so. Chance are it'll be the last we see of him in a Crimson Tide uniform, and that's again going to be another uh, unfortunate thing. Uh, like everybody said, the defense, the pass rush that you mentioned earlier, that's the thing that gives us all the most concern. We're just uh, not putting enough pressure on quarterbacks. You know, we haven't met a really great quarterback yet, and that's the trouble. When they finally do meet one like the Trevor Lawrence's or the Justin Fields, or what can we do? And, but I think our best defense is going to be our offense, keeping the other team's offense off the field. And with Najee running the ball like he is, that can help a lot too. And one good thing about the uh, the the uh, receiver that's replacing J- uh, Jalen Waddle, he's not you know necessarily a deep threat, but he looks like he could turn into our version of uh, Renfro that was with Cle- uh, Clemson. Uh, you're not going to break a big one, but you'll move the chains. And at that, and if you know if we can get into that kind of use input in that respect, I think that that can work for us. I really like Bolden. I really like Slade Bolden. I was high on him uh, throughout the summer. This is a guy that Gatorade Player of the Year coming out of high school in Louisiana has played multiple positions on both sides of the ball. 
Very diverse, very versatile, highly athletic. He's not a Jalen Water. We all know this. But as Coach Saban mentioned, he just has to be himself. Make the catches, you know, pick up first downs, move the chains. And if he can break a big one, hey, break a big one. But I think with 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 Bolden, with a couple of the freshmen that Alabama has to pick from, uh, you just got to find some guys that can cushion this blow and not allow the pain to be not, not allow the pain of losing water to be too, too bad. But, Robert, man, we appreciate the call. Oh, hey, real quick, uh, it, uh, what do you still think of the love? That, uh, you think you see any love for Mac Jones as far as the uh, Heisman's going? He's right start- now his numbers yeah. are beating Trevor Lawrence's. He's, uh, he's starting to get some more recognition. He's starting to get some more attention, but at- – as Mac Jones always says, he's about winning games. He's about trying to win a championship and uh, helping his teammates get to that championship. But he's starting to get some. He's starting to get some Heisman attention. Okay, man. Good talking with you. Absolutely. That's my man uh, Robert. There, calling from Mobile. We got some super chats to shout out right now. How about uh, Rashad Bourne? Rashad Bourne with that five dollars via the super chats. Appreciate that love there from Rashad. We also got Mattress Matt in here. Mattress Matt, that $5 donation coming from him. And one, Kellen Parker. Kellen Parker, that $9.99 coming from him. We have a super chat. So appreciate the love there that you guys are showing to us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Remember, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in 205-448-1358. But... We got some grades here to look at. Another week of football going by. Another opportunity for the Stevens Report grades edition following the Tennessee game. So, grades this week. Starting this thing off here with Mac Jones. Mac gets an A from me this week. And uh, it was a weird stat line he had because he did not throw a touchdown pass. He didn't rush for a score. But he did complete 25 of 31 passes. Really efficient. 387 yards. Kept the offense going. Kept the team focused. So Mac Jones, uh, an A from me. And even though he didn't record a touchdown pass in the game, I still think his numbers keep him square in that Heisman race behind one Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. We move on down to Najee Harris, an A-plus for Najee. Najee's running mean. Najee's running hard. He's running physical. He's catching passes. I know the Waddle injury bothered him. He had a very uh, sad, uh, a sad, just a just an upset face all day from the Waddle injury. But Najee Harris, 20 carries in the matchup, 96 yards, three touchdowns. He had six catches for 61 yards, A-plus there for one Najee Harris. As we look at the offensive line, A-plus for the big man up front, the offensive line. Is it me? Or is Emil Ekior Jr. really starting to find his game at right guard? He's playing some great football right now. Landon Dickerson is nasty as always. I know Deontay Brown got a little banged up in the game, and they had to flip the guys around having uh, Chris Owens play some center. Landon Dickerson play some left guard, but they got everything figured out. Offensive line played well, protected Mac Jones in the pocket. Had the running backs running well. You know, when you look at Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, even Trey Sanders had some good carries going. Even the freshman Roydell Williams got in the game there late. But offensive line, A-plus from me for those guys. As we look at the wide receivers, 
A strong performance from all three guys. An A for Devontae Smith. An A for Slade Bolden. He stepped up in the absence of Jalen Waddle. Six catches for 94 yards. Played well on special teams. Bolden is showing you I can feel, I can do a little bit to try to feel that void there. And an A-plus for John Mechie. He is making that number A feel swagadocious again. That number eight was at first worn by... You know, Julio Jones, but John Mechie, seven catches for, for 151 yards, making catches and double coverage, so an A-plus there for Mechie. When you look at the kicking game, uh, confident Will Reichert, an A for him. He is having a strong year. Six made field goals, made all 32 extra points. He has given Alabama a leg it can finally be proud of in the kicking game for the first time since Jeremy Shelley in 2012. Riker has made kicks in between 20 and 29 yards, 30 and 39 yards, 50 and 59 yards. He had the 52-yard against Georgia. He has yet to attempt the 40-yard kick yet, but so far, so good. Strong, confident, consistent. Big thing there for Will Riker. So defensively, defensively here for the tie. I was struggling between C and B minus. I'm gonna go B minus just off of a couple of players here. Byron Young's playing well. When Byron Young's out there, he's getting in your face. When Christian Barmore's out there, he's getting in your face. We saw a little bit better showing from Fedarian Mathis. We saw a little bit better showing from Dylan Moses. We had a Christian Harris who played his best game of the year to this point. The corners for Alabama, Sertan and Joe playing well. Malachi Moore, obviously the superstar. But that safety position has got to tighten up. For Daniel Wright, it's either he's making the play or he's blowing the play. He's got to get better. For Jordan Battle, he's got to find himself to uh, Dr. Matt Ray and get his speed in order because the freshman receiver for Tennessee ran right by him for a touchdown. So I'm going to go with B- minus for the guys that really stepped up uh, in this group defensively. Safety steal got to tighten up there on the back end. So B- minus there for me. But those are the grades there for the week following the Tennessee game, courtesy of yours truly of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. We're going to take a break right now on the show, but upon our return, we talk about the Alabama defense. Is it really making improvements? Is it gradually getting better? Is it taking steps forward? We'll talk the defense after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. Back into the action here, folks, on the number one ticket for Crimson Tide Football News. Appreciating everyone for the calls, the chats, the super chats, for your thoughts, your opinions, your viewpoints, how you are feeling today when you talk Alabama football. So appreciate the love there from you guys here on the show. As always, be sure to give a thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best news, notes, and alerts on your favorite program, that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. And before we get into the final topic of conversation, got to remind you of a TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. Make us your number one stop shop for all your t-shirts and hoodies galore here. If you want the I Love Here in Touchdown Alabama shirt, the We Want Football shirts, the Let Them uh, the Let Them Play shirts, all types of hoodies, we got you covered right now. We got you covered right here at TDAware.com. Once again, that is TDAware.com. Continue to show your support for head coach Nick Saban the Alabama student-athletes, the program, and, of course, us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But now, final topic of conversation here, folks, and that's this Alabama defense. Is it really starting to improve? Is it really gradually getting better? Is it really taking steps forward? And uh, it's been a topic that everybody has discussed here, whether it's you know U.S. fans, I myself, the media, it's a topic that's been discussed since the Ole Miss game where Alabama's defense gave up 48 points and 647 yards offensively to one Lane Kiffin and the University of Mississippi. But I feel like since that game, there has been some improvements. Now, they haven't been the big boom you know, improvements, but it has been some small, gradual growth there being shown on defense. I mean, going back to the Georgia game in the second half, it did shut Georgia off the scoreboard. It did create three turnovers. It did get off the field more on third down as the Dogs only converted two third downs off seven attempts. So you saw improvement against Georgia. And then against Tennessee, there was some improvement there. The Volunteers did not score in the first quarter or in the fourth quarter. So you shut Tennessee off the scoreboard for two quarters. Uh, the Volunteers only converted four of 16 third downs. Now they did convert two of four fourth downs, but on third down, Alabama was able to get off the field more times than not. It continued to force turnovers. After forcing three against Georgia, it forced a turnover against Tennessee. Malachi Moore, the strip off uh, running back Eric Gray. He caused the fumble. He recovered the fumble and took it 28 yards back to the departments for a touchdown. Malachi Moore did that. So you're seeing some improvement there in terms of continuing to force those turnovers. So Alabama's making small improvements. When you look at the defensive line, first of all, I want to see more consistency from DJ Dale. And I talked about this. He played well, very well against Georgia, but then to come back the next week against Tennessee 
and was basically a non-factor. She's got to get better and be more consistent as a nose tackle in the middle. Getting that push, getting that force, getting that friction, setting everybody up for success because that nose guard position opens everything up. It's that nose guard that helps the defensive ends, you know, win their one-on-one -on -one battles and attack the ball. It's the nose guard that helps the middle linebacker, that helps – you know, uh, the, the outside linebackers. It's the nose guard that kind of sets all of that intensity in motion. So I want more consistency from DJ Dale where that is concerned. But Christian Barmore has done some big things this season. Fidaria Mathis looked a lot better there against Tennessee. Byron Young, I spoke with Nick Saban about Byron Young. And uh, Young is a guy that when he enters the game, uh, there is energy, there is intensity, he's making big plays. He's got some potential to have some of that Quinnen Williams-like quickness. I got a chance to speak to Coach Saban about Young today and his presser. Check out Coach Saban's response here from my question about Byron Young. This is Coach Saban. Hey, Coach, when Byron Young enters the game, he has a lot of energy, makes plays in the backfield. What does he bring to a growing defensive line? Well, Byron has really played well for us this year. Uh, I think he's uh, lost some weight. He's got his quickness back. Uh, he, he shows a little more uh, movement ability than some of the other guys that we have. And, um, you know, I, I really do like the way he played, especially in this last game. Uh, so we certainly need some help, especially with, you know, LeBron Ray. Still very questionable as to when he's going to come back. Uh, you know, Byron, you know, gives us a little mobility that we're certainly going to need, especially in a game like this. That was Coach Saban speaking on one Byron Young on the defensive line. He had a big game against Tennessee. Young, four tackles, including one stop, four loss there. And even Justin Aboigby. You know, Aboigby had the interception against Georgia two weeks ago and has continued to, to play well. So in the absence of LeBron Ray, who's still questionable, banged up with the uh, elbow injury there, Alabama wants to have more guys step up here on the defensive line. Tim Smith played well against Tennessee. He had three tackles. Jamil Burroughs has played well as a freshman also. So, while I want to see more consistency from DJ Dale, and like you guys have mentioned, wanting to see this defensive front really attack the quarterback, really put pressure on the passing game, have that consistent effect on the opposing team's passing game, but defensive front has been making some improvements there. As we go to the linebacker position, I mentioned this. Dylan Moses played better against Tennessee. He had six tackles, including one tackle for loss. I still want him to shake off what lasting, lingering thoughts he has on his knee injury and just play ball. I still want him to cut off those lasting thoughts there, go out there, run around the field, attack the football, make plays, be that alpha dog, be that personality, be that guy that, you know, people were expecting you to be as you entered into this season. That's Dylan Moses. In terms of Christian Harris, he had his best game of his past week. Had uh, 10 tackles against the, against the Volunteers. And then, you know, Chris Allen has been playing a whole lot better. And he's been kind of strengthening his potential draft stock at outside linebacker. So the linebacker play a little bit better against Tennessee. 
still want to see Dylan Moses cut this thing loose, turn this thing loose, and really play with the fire that we thought or that we uh, anticipated him playing with coming into the season. And last but not least, the secondary, Sertan and Job. Patrick Sertan, Josh Job, and Malachi Moore, all three of the corners have been fine. I mean, Josh Job still at times can be a little bit too emotional, has to continue to reel that in some, but he's played well. Patrick Sertan, I know he gave up the touchdown to Josh Palmer from Jarrett Gorantano. A lot of people are wondering why didn't Sertan put his hands on him, why he didn't reroute the guy, why he didn't press him a bit more. When Sertan was running with Palmer, his body actually had Palmer more sure should have toward the back side there, the, the little short corner there of the end zone, and it took a perfect throw from Gorantano to beat him, and uh, Gorantano had the ball right there, so you got to you know give credit where credit is due, but Sertan playing well for the most part. Malachi Moore, the superstar in that defensive backfield for the Crimson Tide. Now, I've mentioned this for Daniel Wright and Jordan Battle. They've got to clean this up. They've got to get faster. They've got to be able to have better eye discipline. They've got to be able to tackle. They have just got to improve all the way around. That's Jordan Battle and Daniel Wright. If those two can improve tremendously, then the secondary, then this entire defense can finally come into form here, into fruition. But I want to see some major improvement here from Battle and Daniel Wright. But... As always, people, you want the best in news, notes, information, coverage here on your Crimson Tide. Very simple and easy to do this. You get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you've got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play. Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio. We got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Wednesday continuing the conversation that is Tide Football. As always, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. Also, you can pick up that four-finger bling necklace courtesy of our friends at WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. That link will be found in the description as well. But husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children, school back in. Continue to do those things, though, legitimately now, to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks. Spit in my own words.